So last night's matchup against the Baltimore Ravens and the uh, San Francisco 49ers told me a whole lot. And that's two things can be true. Number one, the AFC is wide open. And number two, the NFC is wide open. (laughs) So everyone was trying to crown the Niners as being the uh, Super Bowl favorites. Oh, they got some problems. They definitely have some problems for sure. Now, um, unlike most teams, you know, the Ravens were able to get an early lead on the San Francisco 49ers. Excuse me. And they kept the lead, but they also kept the physicality and, and intensity, which led to a myriad of turnovers that Brock Purdy, yes, MVP candidate Brock Purdy, who Cam Newton said was a uh, a, a, a system a backup. I think he called him a system quarterback or a backup or something. And everyone got was up and all up in arms about it and stuff like that. And of course, in in, in his own right, um. Brock Purdy is a slave to the system of Kyle Shanahan, which is a good system, but he can only do so much. When you have a guy like that that can throw uh, to Pro Bowl receivers, uh, guys like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. The defense is also elite, but the weak link, the weak link, is uh, Brock Purdy. Everything else, I think, is solid. Then you look on the flip side to that, the Ravens were disrespected by Mike Florio, who came out and said that the Niners were going to kick the shit out of the Baltimore Ravens, and they were going to dismantle everything that Lamar Jackson wanted to do, and the opposite happened. So, of course, I saw this segment, or I, there's a segment now with uh, an on Undisputed with uh, Richard Sherman and uh, Skip Bayless, and I believe Keyshawn Johnson is on this as well, so they're going to get their commentary and I'm going to do the same on their commentary. Fair use. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time to talk Lamar Jackson, MVP, and Ravery. Ravens uh, Super Bowl favorites just after that beat. Oh, how, how can they not be Super Bowl favorites after that performance, man? I mean, they, they got the Niners off kilter. Talking about the Baltimore Ravens did they, they they stuck it to him, man. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I I and the thing is, I told my stepdad, I'm like, the Ravens are gonna beat the Niners. He said, Oh, there's no way they're gonna beat. No, there is there is a way. The Ravens have branded they have a brand of football that they play that's just so we're talking physical, man. Like these guys give no shits about who they knock out, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which is where the Ravens pride themselves the most. Uh, but overall, I mean, it was a, a great performance by Lamar. Down in the bay, the 49er bullies getting bullied in their house by the six-point underdog Ravens. The final score was 33 to 19. They had the they had the Ravens at six-point underdogs. I, I look, man. Although the Ravens haven't been playing consistent, one thing I can't say about them is uh, they're gonna punch you in the mouth. It didn't even feel that close. Man, am I loving my preseason pick of Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Keyshawn had the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Keyshawn and I were the only two on this show who had the Ravens, quote-unquote, upsetting the 49ers last night. Michael Irvin, Richard Sherman, and Lil Wayne all had San Francisco winning last night. Michael. Well, and how could you not have San Francisco winning last night? I mean, they're, 
they've dismantled the Eagles. They dismantled the the Cowboys. I mean, their level of competition that they've been facing hasn't been easy. But again, I think when it comes to the Niners, they're a team that's built with, to win with a lead. If you're asking them to come back when you're down or when they're down, it's going to be tough and you're forcing Brock Purdy in these situations. And, and you could see it. You know, he's, he was kind of forcing the ball a little bit. He got a little shy and timid in the pocket. And uh, they weren't able to keep toting the rock, although they were moving the ball with Christian McCaffrey. But now, once you're down by, by two scores or more, you have to, it, forces you to, it forces you to throw more. And I think ideally, in a Kyle Shanahan offense with Brock Purdy, you don't want him passing the ball any more than like 30 times. I would say, it, it, I mean, honestly, to keep the ball moving because McCaffrey was getting, the, he was getting the job done on the ground. Kittle was getting the job done. Debo was getting the job done. Ayuk, all of these guys were very productive, but again, when they're playing down from a lead, it, it, it literally disrupts everything for Brock Purdy. will join us in just a few minutes to talk Cowboys dead or alive. <laughs> oh, they're definitely dead. They're done. They're cooked. And that's what Dallas fans don't understand. <laughs> their, their time in the sun is coming. <laughs> Not sure which at this point. But first up. Richard, you played for the 49ers. Did the Ravens look like clearly the better team last night? Uh, before Keyshawn and Richard answer, yes. We're talking about a team in the Ravens who forced, it's actually, technically, it should they, they forced five interceptions. Four from Brock Purdy, one from Sam Darnold. It actually should have been two more interceptions that Brock Purdy was going to throw. And you can see the smoothness of the offense. They weren't clicking on all cylinders once they were down. They started to panic, you know, and they, and they tried to do too much. And then now the Niners are going to have to be forced with reality and understand that they're limited with their quarterback. Brock Purdy has had a great season. He's had a, gr a really good season this year, no doubt about it. But, you know, if, if people want to go back to the fact that he was Mr. Relevant, I think that's not even the case. I think the case that to be made here is that he's the weak link on the Niners. And if you're if you're if you're asking him to try to rely, or if you're asking him to try to bring you back, he he can't do it, not on his own, you know. And a lot of Kyle Shanahan's offenses, a lot of jet sweep motion, a lot of window dressing. But once you figure it all out, oh, they're done for. They're done. And the Ravens didn't even play particularly. I mean, they played really good defensively, I would say so, but they didn't play their best brand of football. Um. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would say that they, they were the better team, hands down. Yeah, Skip, they played great defense. They had four interceptions, got a fifth from Sam Darnold at the end of the game. I mean, you can't win a game when you turn the ball over five times. Their defense was attacking all night. They were swarming. Um, you got to give them a lot of credit. They forced Brock Purdy into bad passes. They tipped the passes away. They intercepted the football. Christian McCaffrey still had a really good game. But at the end of the day... Those are the things that determine uh, the outcome of the game. So they Well, and also, when you're turning the ball over in the air four times, you're not going to win the football game. Like, when you look at the Ravens' defense and just how they're constructed, I have a hard time. And, I, you know, shout out to my guy, Joe. You know, Joe said that he thinks that the Chiefs can beat the Ravens. Not this Ravens team, they can't. We're gonna. I got a segment on the Chiefs I'm going to do. But for right now, we're going to talk about the Ravens and the Niners. There's no team in the AFC that can beat the Ravens 
unless it's an AFC North team, because you know they always play competitively in the AFC North. But um, there's nobody I feel like that can beat them. No, they're, they're, to me, they're the most complete team, and they're not even a complete team. Defensively, they have two stud linebackers. Two of them. You have Patrick Queen and you have Roquan Smith. Both of those guys are studs, man. Uh, you have um, you have uh, Geno Stone. They have Kyle Hamilton. The defensive line is ferocious, man. I mean, dude, it was a lot. It really was a lot for Brock Purdy in the game. It really was. They played a better game than the San Francisco 49ers last night for sure. Ooh, that was Ooh. quick, man. I didn't even... <laughs> That's like no boss. I, I, I ain't never heard you go that fast, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the reason why he's going that fast is because he's pissed off. He didn't want to see the Niners lose like that. I guess it is what it is. It's over. It is what it is. What it is. Yeah, I, that, that's true. Look, Skip, the, 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 the Ravens dominated on both sides of the football, okay? Period. They just did. And when you talk about dominating, they physically outplayed the San Francisco 49ers. Something, I look, I picked them to go and win the football game. You mentioned that at the top, you and I both. Yeah. But I didn't think that they would just physically impose that will on them and dominate them to a whole nother level. Well, it's a domino effect. I mean, again, you start with Purdy. You get to him, you rattle him, they're done. We seen that happen last year in the NFC Championship game. They're done. And you expect Sam Donald. And Sam, Sam Donald actually played pretty well. He played well for the most part, even though he took over for Brock like with like 11 minutes left to go in the fourth and they were already down. Um, but Brock Purdy ain't got it, man. Chris McCaffrey, yeah, he had 100 yards running. Okay, whatever. They probably should have kept running the football early and often with him. But yeah, damn, you know, it's almost like I said that earlier in this segment. You know, they got away, they panicked, and they got away from what was working. McCaffrey was, I mean, he was probably getting well over like seven yards a clip. If that, you know, you keep the ball. And, then, and this was early on. They, they, they just, I don't know why they did that. You know, they were moving the ball really well. And Shanahan was like, you know what? No, we got to air it out now. We need to get more chunk yards. We need to get more plays. We need to, you know, we need to set this up. McCaffrey was the most consistent on that offense. And not to mention, if you take Brock out of the picture and you have McCaffrey, right? Or if Brock's playing like shit, McCaffrey's playing well, that still hinders them. But although getting to McCaffrey or getting to uh, Brock Purdy would help, McCaffrey is a linchpin to the entire offense, period. Like, he goes, as that offense goes, he goes. End of story. He's, he's the spearhead of the offense. So if you stop McCaffrey, which the Ravens were able to do later on in the game, you're now forcing Brock Purdy to try to make throws that he normally does not make or he, he misinterpret, you know, misinterprets a throw in the coverage, and they were right there to get him every time. They played the Brock Purdy game. They, they wanted to try to they, they wanted to try to show up Lamar. My yep. quarterback's better than yours. That's where they got beat at, trying to be too cute and too smart in the situation. It's not about the stinger, okay? He started the game. And when you start a football game, that means you can play. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, his stinger will get better. I don't want to hear any of that. Neither do I. The guy on the other side of the field played like an MVP. Oh, Lamar, was he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, they, they gave him a lot of shit for his lack of pocket awareness. Could he pass from the pocket? He actually is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league that could, like, maneuver the pocket well. 
and also flow with the pocket. You know, it's kind of like, like a wave. He can just go with the wave and he can avoid all the, the unnecessary, you know, collisions and he can move with the pocket. He manipulates the pocket really well. You know, and he's been doing it for the past two seasons, but now there's no there's no question about it now. Like, Lamar's that guy. On and off the field, he's done a tremendous job in his career. And when you watch what they did with those young receivers and Zay Flowers getting after but then a guy like Jadavion Clowney, he all of a sudden became hey, the hey. number one overall pick hey. in last night's game. Agreed. So you know what's wild about the Ravens when I think about it? When I think about this team, the Ravens are a team of guys who are cast-offs. Like, like, really think about this for a second. You have Lamar, who they believe didn't deserve his contract and that they were willing to try to explore other options. Knowing that he was going to be there the entire time, they thought to themselves, eh, you know what, we'll hold out. Or maybe, he, maybe Lamar shouldn't hold out because he hasn't done enough to win in the NFL. Keep in mind, he is a, he's a unanimous MVP of the league, but they also hold the fact that he, he folds in the playoffs. Last season, I guess you can kind of give that a pass because he was hurt. But the year they got eliminated by the Buffalo Bills, they held that against them that he was the MVP and he couldn't get to the Super Bowl with that team. Then you look at the rest of the team, you have a guy like Rashad Bateman who fell in, in the draft two years ago. He fell in the draft, I think, because of medical issues or maybe he was looked at as not being a great prospect. Zay Flowers was a guy who was a speedy guy, but his main issue that they looked at was that he's just, he's a Tyreek Hill, you know, a, a great value version of Tyreek Hill. You have guys like Isaiah Likely who they thought wasn't going to be able to live up to his hype of being a productive, you know, tight end in, 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 the football, in the National Football League. Then you have Odell Beckham, who was a cast off from the Giants, the Browns, the Rams. They don't want to bring him back. And he's productive this year. Then you look on the defensive side of the ball. Roquan Smith, they didn't think that he was worth it in Chicago. So they, 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 they decided that they were going to trade for him, the Ravens, that is. Patrick Queen, obviously he's no Ray Lewis, but he's, he's good in his own right. You know, and it's just, and he just mentioned Jadavion Clowney, who's another cast off of multiple teams who just couldn't seem to get the job done, hasn't lived up to the number one overall pick hype, and he was very productive the, the other night. So, you know, hats off to the Ravens. When I look at it, Skip, the lights were too bright, yeah. which is crazy as it sounds for the 49ers yesterday, yeah. but they were not too bright. For the Baltimore Ravens. And you look at the statistical side of things, Lamar Jackson played phenomenal. He did what he could. As I said when we left this show on Friday, they've never seen a quarter. Yes, they faced Kyler Murray a lot in, in San Francisco, but this is. Yeah, but Kyler, that, that's Kyler Murray, man. Like the level of athleticism that Murray has. I think Murray has a lot of um, like quick twitch. You know, he's got some wiggle to his game for sure. He can cause a lot of a lot of turmoil for defenses that are trying to catch him. But everyone and, and again, I've said this on podcasts before. Everyone tries to compare Lamar to a Mike Vick. I, I don't see the Mike Vick comparison. When I look at when I look at Lamar, he reminds me a lot of Randall Cunningham. The fact that he's able to run, he's got some wiggle to his game, and he's got stride. You know, that's the thing I mean, with, with Lamar being what six two, six three. He's got he's got stride. He's got long legs and he can run. So 
you know, we, you know, he's the closest thing to Randall Cunningham. More, he's more closer to, to Cunningham and his passing ability than he is to Mike Vick. Different. And Vick was a really good passer, by the way. It's just he didn't have the weapons for it. This is just a different. You know, I don't want to hear any of this. He can't throw from the pocket. Oh, he. I worry about him in the run game. That's pretty much it. He can't do. Well, that was the narrative early on is that he really couldn't pass from the pocket. But what they didn't talk about was that he was improving year after year. There was a point in time, I believe, in 2018 when Lamar Jackson, or was it 2019, when Lamar just, he couldn't hit his tight. Only thing that he could hit was tight ends on the hashes. That's all he could hit. He could only hit his tight ends, which is why Mark Andrews kind of sort of had a, 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 a blow-up moment. But the receivers that he had, they weren't cutting it. Now he's got receivers who can get open. They understand him as a quarterback, and they can communicate what exactly needs to be done. Miss me with that. Mm. This dude here is on a whole nother level yeah. than what you've seen before at this quarterback position with this style. Yes, we've had the Cam Newtons of the world and the Michael Vicks. We've had all those guys, even Jalen Hurts. But for whatever reason, he rises to the occasion. And then all of a sudden, the rest of his teammates are following him. And Yeah, Lamar's the leader of the team. That's why he's the franchise quarterback. And they rise to the occasion. Defense came to play. They, that's just the, the flat-out thing is they came to play and the 49ers did not. Precisely. What I love the most about last night is that the Baltimore Ravens, with their play-like-a-Raven tradition, went into San Francisco, where San Francisco has destroyed teams such as my team. Well, you can tell Skip Bayless is still pissed off about that. Still gets to him. Owned that turf. And all of a sudden, the Ravens walked on to their turf and said, watch this. And I thought they bullied the San Francisco bullies in their house on their turf. And that defense is hellacious hard to deal with because they disguise and they smash and they smack. And just real quick, I just thought this was the, the play of the night for me was Marlon Humphrey challenging Debo on that little quick pass. If we could see this play, I just thought it was, I, I know it came in the third quarter. It wasn't like a first quarter tone setter, but most people don't do that. Most people just don't want any part of that. And Mar Listen, all Marlon Humphrey had to do was keep his feet and wrap up. And he would have probably knocked Debo out. Debo Samuel is not, a, he's not a receiver. He's to me, he's like the ultimate gadget guy. I think he's the Swiss Army knife. He could play running back, H back, damn near tight end, wide receiver. You know, he can line up in the backfield as well. He can do all kinds of shit. And the fact that, you know, they have a corner and Mar and although Marlon didn't get he didn't get the tackle. Marlon Humphrey's probably one of the better tackling cornerbacks in the league right now. And in, in a in a league where corners don't tackle. Maybe outside of Devin Witherspoon. Marlon Humphrey said, okay, I'll take my shot. And again, he did not knock Debo down, and Debo went on to get six yards. But just the message sent, this is one team that's not afraid of Debo. That was the lick of the year to me, <laughs> even though it's not the smartest thing to do. And, and Keyshawn, if you want to get Debo down, you know, you obviously should go a little lower. It's just a message play to me. Well, he, where, it's, 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 yeah. <clears throat> in football nowadays, and Richard can speak to this. Yeah. For whatever reason, they don't wrap up. No. They don't. Boom. They don't wrap up. A lot, they, they want to make a lot of bang, bang highlight plays. 
that's what I see this year. Um, tackling has not been good this year, but you know, again, I'm not in the NFL, so it's easier said than done, right? But I felt like Marlon Humphrey could have had that tackle if he would have just wrapped up. They just don't don't wrap up. If he wraps Debo at the same time the collision skip, he brings him down. I, I think he's more interested in delivering a blow than wrapping up. That's just me. Probably yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. Then we we flip it around to Brock Purdy and look. I always put everything back in the context of my Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about them in just a few minutes, dead or alive. But the point is... Oh, they're definitely dead. They're dead. (laughs) There's one way to beat San Francisco, and that is if the the 49er quarterback self-destructs, and he is highly capable of self-destructing. Oh, we saw that. I mean, that was... We could tell, man. Brock, When when you have Brock Purdy on the sideline looking like uh, Opie Cunningham... Just sitting there just with that all shucks look on his face and Kyle Shanahan's looking at him like, motherfucker, I will bench you. I, I, should, I should bench you. But, he, but get your ass out there. When, he does, when he's got that all shucks look on his face, you know he's done. He's done. There's no, no, no flexing, no none of that shit. Because he will try just about anything, and sometimes it'll work. It's worked much of this year. He was the MVP favorite coming into this game. And as I tweeted mid-game, that big whoosh that you just heard was the air escaping from Brock Purdy's MVP balloon. Oh, man. Well, not only that, uh, Lamar Jackson stole the MVP from both McCaffrey and he stole it from Brock Purdy. You had two MVP candidates on one team, although I think that Brock Purdy doesn't deserve to be the MVP for the simple fact that all he's doing is delivering to all pro guys. McCaffrey is the valuable. If you take McCaffrey out that offense, they're done. The threat, when you think about it, you have the threat of McCaffrey. You also had Debo Samuel who could come out of the backfield. George Kittle who's uh, going through the middle. Debo Sam, and you have Brandon Ayuk. And, and Brock Purdy, all he's doing is just, you know, he's, you know, he's a point guard. He's, he's distributing. He's supposed to do that. But you see what happened last night. <laughs> if McCaffrey was the MVP, they wouldn't have gotten away from running, but they panicked. Because some of the things he tried last night did not work. So let's just go. He threw four picks. Could have been five very easily. And there was one other crazy play we're going to get to. But let's look at the first interception, shall we? He just late with the ball. It's Debo on a dig route. And Kyle Hamilton just sitting there. I don't think he got fooled. I just think he was late. You, you got to throw this much sooner. There was a little window to get the ball. Yeah, but Brock doesn't have the arm strength for that. But, but yeah, he has to throw. As yeah. soon as Debo yeah. passes the linebacker, yeah, the ball's got to be out. Gotta be he gone. led him too and far. He looked and he looked, and then he came back. It looked like third option, and Kyle Hamilton didn't do anything to trick him. I didn't think no. he just stood I mean, there. Right. No, I mean he, you know, he read he read Brock Purdy. That's what he did, which is what he's supposed to do. Right here, George Kittle just needs to run his corner to the corner of the end zone to yeah. hold the safety, and it's a touchdown. I mean, okay. it's not that hard of a play. But, but he did not. And Kyle Hamilton, it, it, it looked That's like Kyle Hamilton's looking Hamilton around like... Right. I see. I'll tell you what. Skip, <laughs> Skip and Rich are going back and forth, man. <laughs> this is blockbuster. <laughs> you, hear, you see, you hear Skip talking in the background. Well, he should have ran the route there. You know, if he would have done that, it would have... You hear Richard Sherman. Well, I mean, he didn't run the route. If, you know, if he would have ran the corner route to hold the safety, this wouldn't have happened. I'm telling you, one of these days, Richard Sherman's just going to blow up. And Skip Bales is just going to blow up. He's like, Richard, get your black ass off my damn set. Get out of here now. Seriously? You, you, you're going to throw me this? All right. 
Now let's look at the second pick, if we could. Man, that was a corner route, Richard. Yeah, I don't know about that. Was supposed to be a corner. That's the point. Yeah, that's the ball that's gets the tipped up in the air by Stevens and picked off. Uh, not, not a terrible play. It's just it's a great play by the, the corners coming. Great defensive yeah, play, but these are the issues that you have with smaller quarterbacks. You, you do. I agree. Yeah, because he can't see over the line. You know, when you're when you're a quarterback that's like six one or six foot, you know, you have to throw into certain windows. You can't like you can't see over the line because if because nine times out of ten if you're not throwing into a window if you're throwing directly to the receiver or you're trying to you're gonna hit your lineman in the back of the head all the time so you know with him being smaller and everything you know a lot of the Niners offense is very anticipatory it's very you know not even so much maneuvering the pocket it's just that you need to throw to throw into certain lanes with anticipation and timing. And they were bumping it, you know, they were doing a lot of a lot of cover three, you know, uh, some cover six. And they were throwing it at these guys, man. They were getting them. I mean, it, it kind of threw Brock Purdy off a little bit. All right. That's and, nothing to do with a smaller quarterback. Great play by the defense. Okay. And, all right, let's try number three because this one is vintage Brock Purdy to me. He says, I don't see it. I don't see it. So I'll just run over here. I'll run over here. I'll run over here, and I'll throw it back across my body into the middle of the field, which is always a bad idea, and it gets tipped up. That's just, again, that's a bad idea throw. That's vintage Brock Purdy. That's No, that's that's just Brock Purdy trying to throw in the run when that's not his strong, that's not his strong suit. That, that's what that was. But all in all, I mean, it looks as though the Niners got exposed. At least I hope that's going to be the narrative because, you know, they got smacked. But when Philadelphia got beat by the Niners, they were the Eagles were exposed. And granted, the Eagles were playing like shit all year. But I think it's safe to say that the NFC and the AFC are wide open. That's all I got.